Though the global pandemic may be slowing things down, Spring Branch is taking tangible steps forward to keep our economy strong, like supporting our local businesses, linking them to free online business courses, and help from our top leaders. Spring Branch is working for businesses. Yours. Find out more at sbmd.org. Whenever Houston finds itself in competition with another city, it's usually about the food, the fashion, or the attitudes of the people. And it's usually Dallas that we're defending ourselves against. Well, Houston recently found itself fending off another big city rival, but for a very different reason, a giant silver bean. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Looped In. This is the Houston Chronicle podcast all about real estate. The dirt, the deals, the people, the places. It's all here. I'm Nancy Sarnoff, real estate reporter with the Houston Chronicle. And today on the show... We are discussing Houston and Chicago's Battle of the Bean. I am talking about the famous sculpture in Chicago's Millennium Park and the newly famous, or some might say infamous, one right here in Houston's Museum District. Joining me to talk about the Bean War and why people are freaking out so much is The Chronicle's Lisa Gray, a writer, editor, and founder of Gray Matters. And Alan West is here, too, joining us today by phone. We are also going to hear from my former co-host and Looped-In co-founder, Aaron Mulvaney. Ooh! who lives in Washington, D.C. now, but felt so strongly about this topic that she recorded a statement for listeners that I will play in a little bit. (laughs) Yay! Lisa and Alan, welcome to Looped In, and thanks for being here to set the record straight on the bean. Thanks, Nancy. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) Happy to defend Houston any chance we get. (laughs) So, okay, first of all, I'm calling it a bean, but is it even supposed to be a bean? Isn't it a cloud something? It's called cloud column. Cloud um, Column. And yes, the one in Chicago is, is officially called Cloud Gate in Chicago. The okay. idea is that these shiny things reflect clouds. Okay, so not beans at all. No. So it's all just a hill of beans, this whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you were saving that, Nancy, weren't you? No, yeah. actually, that just came to me. <laughs> we have been accused of copying Chicago's, of having a refried bean. <laughs> Now that you practiced, right? Or And we've accused Chicago of being a has-been. <laughs> Ours is the new bean. Okay. Well, um, yeah. all right. So it's not even supposed to be a bean, but people call it that because it resembles a bean, even though it's supposed to be like a cloud. And even uh, the sculptor, Anish Kapoor, now calls the Chicago one the bean. Oh, okay. Because everybody does. Everybody this is how does. everybody knows it. It uh, looks like a giant, shiny bean. It does. So a columnist from the Chicago Tribune wrote a pretty scathing piece about the new Houston Bean. Lisa, you followed up to that piece with one of your own. How did you first get wind of her story and what was your reaction? Yeah, Kim Jansen is actually a he. So his story. Uh, oh, okay. In the newsroom, uh, Sinjin Barnard Smith came over and made sure that I knew that Chicago was attacking. Sinjin thought that we needed to defend our city. He had begun a Twitter war. Oh, with okay. Kim Jansen, the business columnist in okay. Chicago. All right. And so, what what did you do? What I mean, what did you think when you when you read the piece? Were you outraged? Uh, the bit about the museum district being a cultural abyss. 
mm. annoyed, it just annoyed the snot out of me. Um, so, but it also seemed that this was way more about Chicago than about Houston. I mean, who cares if another city acquires a sculpture by the same artist? Mm-hmm. You know, ours is not an exact copy. We're not saying come to Houston and see the better bean. We weren't even really calling it the bean until Chicago started moving on us. Mm-hmm. So I like said, hey, Kim, let's email. And I sent off a note asking, you know, defensive much? What's up? Yeah. And so did you think that um, his responses would be as, I mean, he kind of didn't let go, right? He Oh, no. He does not back down. He does not let go. Never mind that our bean was actually made before the Chicago bean. Right, an important important, an important point. point. Never mind that he's never been to Houston. Um, he's he's believes that we are an overgrown Texas suburb, and he, therefore, you know, because we're growing so fast and we're set to pass Chicago as the nation's third largest city. Chicago is feeling defensive. Okay, and when you bring this up. Kim says, yes, we are defensive. We have the better bean. You guys are terrible. He said, it's a leftover bean, a second-rate bean that's been lying around in storage for the better part of 20 years because no one else wanted it. Nobody except Houston wants a leftover second-rate bean. Do you know how we did come to acquire this bean? We paid for it. Uh, we, The Museum of Fine Arts Houston bought mm-hmm. it to go outside of its new Glacelle School of Art. So, Alan, what were your thoughts about Kim's piece? <laughs> I thought the column was, I mean, he clearly was trying to be tongue-in-cheek and trying to be funny, right? I mean, the cultureless abyss thing is just so wildly off the mark that it's almost laughable. Mm-hmm. You know, it, the bean, it sort of becomes a shorthand to describe these cloud sculptures, and it's not at all accurate. Ours is not a bean. And I think... <laughs> the conversation, at least in, in my Twitter feed, started with, you know, what should we name this thing? And, you know, the the names ranged from structural metaphors that sort of described its appearance. But bean doesn't really fit, no. I don't think, what we have. It's more it's more like an exclamation mark, maybe, or... Um, Without the dot. Yeah, I've heard a pill. I've heard as jalapeno. Uh, I've heard a vibrator. That one was coming from Chicago. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Right? All of these, I think, are, yeah, it sort of rescues our sculpture from its (laughs) bean-ness. Well, I liked what um, someone, uh, another local writer, his name's Kyle Haggerty, what he said about it, about this war on Twitter. He said, The bean is iconic to Chicago. I don't think anyone is seriously thinking the sculpture will be iconic to Houston. It's simply another addition to the wealth of sculptures by famous artists across the city. That, to me, kind of sums it all up. Like, Kim, sit back down, buddy. It's it's just a, a, a a piece of public art. It's a sculpture. We've got a lot of it here. It happens to be done by the same artist that did your famous bean. But this this jalapeno is not going to define us. <laughs> it's interesting, though, because Chicago has so many more icons than Houston. I mean, what are the things that visually define this city? There aren't that many. 
There's yeah, the Astrodome. There aren't there are bayous. What else? Freeways. Yeah, but can you tell a Houston freeway from an L.A. freeway? No. 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 Yeah, <laughs> no, that's a good question. What does define us? Yeah, we kind of know our skyline, sort of, kind of. Um, We've got a great skyline. Is yeah. there a piece of art? It's hard. I mean, Chicago has all these things that we can summon up immediately in our heads. The bean is not even like high on my list. So why are they so defensive? What's up, Chicago? Yeah, Chicago. Alan, you went on Twitter this week and said, yeah, sure, fine. Chicago has a bean first, even though the bean Houston has now was the first one made. The question I have is whether either bean is even interesting as public art or merely successful as urban furnishing. Let's discuss. Urban furnishing. What <laughs> What did you mean by that? What is wrong with being merely urban furnishing? I don't think anything is wrong with it. My tweet, I think, was devised to spark a conversation about you know, what we want out of our public art. And so I was sort of, I don't really know the answer and I'm not an expert. I'm just one of the masses who will have to see this thing and can endure the, the selfies taken by, um, <laughs> I, you know, it's not a place where I will take a selfie. I said to Lisa on Twitter that I have this instinctive mistrust of, of mirrored surfaces because, you know, with a, with a face like mine, you want to stay as far away from mirrored surfaces as you can. And so I would never visit... I will never visit either bean. But yeah, I mean, I guess I sort of said like, my question is, the, the, the term I think is plop art. Okay. Right? So if you plop something down in a public space like that, it, and it attracts, I mean, there's no, there's no argument that the, the bean in Chicago is, is this sort of magnet for people. And the, the, the bean selfie is sort of this ubiquitous, outcropping of of the phenomenon right mm-hmm. and so i think in that sense it's it becomes a successful tool of placemaking and it's so wedded to millennium park and it's so sort of um married to the experience of being in chicago that you can't separate the two and so i don't know that whether that makes it an interesting sculpture someone more qualified than i could speak to that but as a as a sort of placemaking object right it's 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 so, it's so, um, it's so successful. Yeah. And so for me, the question is like, you know, we have these sort of placemaking objects like Discovery Green has those, um, that, uh, oh man, what's the, the sculpture in front of the GRB, the red, white, and blue one that children love to play hide and seek among. Right. It or used, the, the du buffet. The yeah. du buffet. It used to be in front of. Yeah. The Jean du buffet. Museum. Right. Yeah. It matches right. the George R. So Brown a little too well, all wet, red, white, and blue. Yeah. Yeah, it's like very a pair of earrings on a right. Fourth of July outfit, right? And you know the way the kids sort of crawl all over the the, the those colorful block things that that cap the stairs to the underground parking garage. Mm-hmm. Like those those things to me are you know whether it's interesting as art, it's just it's it's such an attractive element of the built environment that you can say, well, you know, these things are making a place. And that's something, you know, that's something for sure. Well, I, yeah, I think that's a a really interesting point because I wondered about the Houston sculpture and where it is exactly. I know it's in front of the new Glassell School that's, that's being built, but unlike Chicago's being, 
it doesn't have a bunch of space around it, right? I mean, there's, I'm sure there's some, I, I haven't been there yet, I'll admit, so I haven't walked around it, but it's not going to be, it's not going to be anything close to what Chicago has in terms of it being in the middle of a park with tons of space where you can, you know, stand right next to it, you can stand, you know, 100 feet away, whatever it is, right? So is right. it going to be experienced by pedestrians or by cars? Does it matter? Oh, I think it matters. Oh, do I think you? it matters, absolutely. Okay. So what, I do. what, yeah. what is I your mean, take then? Cool, well, <laughs> you know, I was having this conversation on Twitter again that, you know, the bean is sort of, it's, it's wide. So it's almost sort of democratic because you can get at it from so many different angles. You can walk underneath it. You can get below it. You can get around it. You can see yourself sort of this wide angle. And Houston's um, exclamation jalapeno, whatever we want to call it, <laughs> is it's, it's sort of slender and narrow and it draws the eye upward. You know, it sort of has this skyscraper effect. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the total surface area in which you could see yourself might be less than the bean, which is kind of an interesting, you know, interesting angle to take. I don't know. Well, but I think it's definitely made for pedestrians. Yeah, sorry to interrupt. Oh, I, I was just thinking, I want to know whether I'll look thinner when I'm reflected in the bean, you know? <laughs> or the right. Houston bean, if it makes me thinner, that's a better effect. I like that. That's a better bean. Yeah. Right, if we all look taller and thinner and, right. and better looking. And, right. And not, yeah. Clearly, then, this is the city you want to be in. I, I push back a bit. I, you know, what does it take to be considered art? Is I think that art that makes people happy is often denigrated. And so... I want to give this one credit. If it makes people enjoy a space, use a space, walk around looking at the reflection and thinking about what it reflects, what it means about the place that it's in, I think it's working. Yeah, that's a good point. And even if it's just, even if it just gets a bunch of attention and people visit the museum district for the first time to learn about what great museums we have, then right, good job. Yeah, yeah. So, like I said, it's gotten a bunch of attention. The Washington Post wrote about it, and there was even a segment about it on the Today Show, and now, of course, looped in. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Earlier, I mentioned uh, Aaron Mulvaney had some thoughts on this topic. Aaron, we miss you. Yes, we miss you. So let's hear her take. Hey, Nancy. Hey, Houston. Aaron here, your erstwhile co-host and Washington, D.C. transplant. Houston, I've missed you. I know you've been through a lot of highs and lows since I left. A major hurricane, a national championship, a new CVS pharmacy in downtown. Through it all, I've been thinking of you, but remained silent. I'm here today, however, because a recent dispute grabbed my attention and I felt I had something to say. The following is a statement about the bean. To back up, I've been Houston's fiercest defender as well as critic for years. I've fought that Austin is the only cool city in Texas drumbeat, and I've tried to show the light to those who think the city is only chemical plants, strip centers, and highways. My critical side, though, comes from a place of love. I refuse to defend what does not work. I want Houston to want the city to be better in every way. Let's not defend those things that fall short. This brings me back to the bean. I love Houston too much than to defend the bean. The sculpture itself seems cool and like a great piece of art, just like the Chicago bean is cool. 
that's not the point. Let's just honestly ask, is this being really the sculpture Houston deserved? There were plenty of harsh words from the Chicago critic that made me bristle along with the rest of y'all. But really, Houston, doesn't she raise a fair point? Shouldn't we be asking, why do we have this knockoff being? There is so much unique and original about our city. A monument so similar to our rival isn't the sense of place that we need. I'm on Houston's side, and I always will be. But that doesn't mean Chicago isn't right this time. That city is awesome. But hey, you are too. And just remember, we don't have to explain ourselves to anyone from the outside. Some of the most charming and beautiful things about Houston, people up here in D.C. and in other cities, they just don't get and they may never fully understand. So for now, let's move on. But next time, let's ask for something of our own. And now that I've given you this hot take and I've thought a little bit about it, I'll be honest, I could be convinced either way on the bean. I'll listen to Looped In and see what you guys talk about. But anyway, I'll just have to come back and visit and see it for myself. Thanks, y'all. Well, is this the bean that Houston deserves? Did we have a knockoff <laughs> bean? I've, I've heard one suggestion that we call it the frijole. <laughs> I like that. But, but, you know, do we have to have a sculpture by someone who's never made a sculpture before? Does it have to be something the world has never seen? What is, what is our standard? We are holding ourselves to a standard nobody else expects. Yeah, that's true. You know, there are other Anish Kapoor sculptures all over the place. Chicago is not the first person to get one. Dallas has two. Um, so I would push back a little on this. I don't think, A, that this one was supposed to be a Houston icon. B, that there's any problem with it. Yeah. It's a nice bean. People will take selfies. Yay, bean. Yay, frijole. <laughs> Alan, <Viva la> frijole. <laughs> Alan what, what was your thoughts on, on Aaron's comments? Oh, my gosh. What sculpture does Houston deserve? I, my, I, I can't even envision it. That's a good question. I don't know. I mean, oof. Doug thinking, Michaels, thinking, a member of Ant Farm, uh, the art collective Ant Farm, once proposed that what Houston really needed was a 90-foot sculpture of a naked chrome woman bestriding a Houston freeway, that you would actually drive <laughs> through the giant naked woman's legs. <gasps> You know, she'd look kind of like a giant hood ornament, you know, very s sculptural and, and yeah. you know. Wow, that sounds horrible to me. But he thought that was so Houston, yeah. so perfect. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine the outrage like from the— um... I think that was kind of his point. But I, I love it that this was like also supposed to be a chrome sculpture, a shiny, reflective thing. Yeah. There was something somehow very Houston about that, the gaudy, flashy. Which now we have thing. with yeah. the silver— yeah, if only it looked more like a hood mm -hmm. ornament. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you could imagine this on the on the the hood of a jaguar, maybe, or I don't know. Some, it looks like an I, Apple I product, think... <laughs> right? Yeah. All I can think yeah. of as the sculpture that Houston deserves is some sort of um, oil rig or oil derrick, <laughs> which would be just really so tacky, but um, yeah, I don't know. I think Erin might have to come back on and and tell us what she thinks the sculpture is that we deserve because oh, we've yeah. got a lot Actually, of... Actually, maybe we should have a competition. That's a great idea. Yeah. Okay. This could be a fun. A bunch of napkin sketches. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Yes. Okay. It's on. In, 
You know, I think the more I think about it, that Houston sort of, we're at this point where I think we can, we can resist the, the need for an icon, right? No, I mean, I want an icon. Of, <laughs> Let me have my icons. Yeah, but well, we have, we have so many. And the well, okay, so, so what wide. are they? If they're iconic, why can't we name them? There's the Astrodome. What else? Houston's icons that are that are public art, or, oh, okay, or just fine. things that are representative what are, what are of Houston. Those? What are Houston's icons that are public art? Well, the broken obelisk, I think, is one. I think I associate that with Houston. The dandelion fountain on Buffalo Bayou, I associate I that, that strongly with Houston. Does anybody outside I of think, Houston associate either of those? And by ooh. the way, there are other broken obelisks. We didn't have the only one. It's exactly the same. Well, we should do an episode. We should do an episode about that, right? <laughs> and um, and what about what about the art outside of the urban core? I've never been outside the urban core. I'm not familiar. <laughs> oh my gosh, I forgot. You don't have um, a car. We, no. So the, I think you know, like this idea of just having a lot of really high quality, even temporary installations all over the city, to me is sort of more. It goes back to that debate we were having about Austin's new central library. Like, does Houston need a central library or do we need a bunch of really high quality neighborhood libraries? Is that more um, representative of, of this city rather than the single thing? And I don't know. I mean, the bean sort of contributes to our stock of really high quality things. Or the freehold, excuse me. It contributes to our stock in a really provocative way. And maybe that's enough, as Lisa said. Maybe that's enough. Well, I love it. For I, for one, I haven't seen it yet, but you know what? I'm I'm gonna choose. I'm gonna choose to love it. Sorry, Aaron, but I'm pro frijole, jalapeno, whatever, whatever you want to call it. And I think that we should hear from our listeners. And listeners, I you've got two jobs. One, what should we call this thing? The frijole, the jalapeno, the exclamation without a point, <laughs> um, what, whatever. If you have something new, let us know. Send us a tweet at N. Sarnoff, Alan West, or Lisa Gray. Lisa Gray underscore Hutex, H-O-U-T-X. And also share what you think the sculpture that Houston deserves would be. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> What, if anything, do we deserve in terms of a original piece of public art? We'd love to hear your thoughts. And see your drawings. Oh, yeah. See your drawings. Yeah, we want those drawings. Those we will look great drawings. on the radio. Yep. <laughs> Take a picture and we'll put <laughs> them in, in the show notes. Perfect for art. Um, Lisa, Alan, anything more? Any final words on the bean? Long live the bean. Yes. Yeah. All beans. We are pro-bean. Okay. Every city should have its bean. Yes? I'm sorry, say again? (laughs) That's it. That's it, buddy. All right. Um, (laughs) Thank you guys both for being here. And thank you, Aaron, for your insightful take. Listeners, please subscribe to Looped In wherever you listen to podcasts. And it would mean so much if you'd tell a friend and rate us on Apple Podcasts. It helps us grow. And if you have an idea for a show or just want to say hi... You can reach me on Facebook or Twitter. I am at N Sarnoff. And if you want to weigh in with more on the bean debate, please do so. We would love to hear your thoughts at N Sarnoff, at Alan West, and at Lisa Gray underscore Hugh Tex. Until next time. Thanks, everyone. 